Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Well, this afternoon, I just want to share with you for a short time from a book that the bishop has written. I just want to begin sharing with you from this wonderful book. And I believe most of you have the book. And if you don't have it, I want to encourage you to request for a copy from the bookstore. It is called Leaders and Loyalty. Leaders and Loyalty. You see, God has anointed the father of this church. God has anointed him to write books. Hallelujah. We are blessed as a church to have books written by our father. Amen. We are blessed by the grace that is upon him to write And he has written so many books. And these are books that he wrote from his, most of these books out of his quiet time, out of his preaching, out of, if you read his books and you listen to him, you listen to his messages, you realize that God has indeed blessed us. Because God has blessed him to put these books or these words and these revelations in writing. Hallelujah. You know, the Apostle Paul was, also, like a bishop, he was an apostle who started many churches. Do you see? He started so many churches. And at some point, he was arrested. He was in prison. And he continued to minister to the churches by writing books to them. Hallelujah. He continued to minister to the churches by writing several books to the churches. He was writing various books to them. And... One of the books that he wrote to the church of Thessalonica, 
he wrote, he said in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 27, he said, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle, epistle means a letter. Epistle is a letter. He says, and he wrote this to the church of Thessalonians. He wrote and he said, I charge you by the Lord that this epistle be read unto all the holy brethren. Hallelujah. Not only to the pastor. It was not a letter written, a personal letter to the pastor, but it was written to the pastor to be read to all the holy brethren. That means even after the Thessalonians have finished reading it to their church members, they should pass it on to the Corinthians, they should pass it on to the Ephesians, they should pass it on to the Colossians, the Philippians. Every church should start reading that same letter. Hallelujah. And so, we basing on this scripture, we are also saying that if our Father God has revealed certain great things to him, then we are being charged also to read the letters or the books to, the, to all the holy brethren. Is it a good thing? I think it's a wonderful thing. Because these are very powerful books. And even as you begin to share from it, you will realize that it's a very wonderful book. Amen. And so, I want to begin sharing from this book, and I want to begin from chapter 2, the Statutes of Loyalty, Statutes of Loyalty. I believe this is one of the areas where the Lord anointed the bishop so much to write on about loyalty. And so, I chose to even begin to share on this book, even on a Founder's Day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is a book that the Lord, it is an area in the ministry that God anointed him so much to share on, to preach on, to write on. And it has blessed so many churches. Hallelujah. It has blessed so many churches and it has taken the bishop very far because of this area that the Lord opened to him about loyalty. Amen. And so here in this church, we have so many books on loyalty. Hallelujah. And I want to encourage you to get these books. Get them, the e-copy, get the hard copy, and read them. And it will bless you, not only in your Christian life, but in your everyday life also. It will really, really bless you. Hallelujah. So on that note, I want to begin sharing with you about the statutes of loyalty. And the first statutes, or statutes also means laws. It also means laws of loyalty. So statutes of loyalty, or laws of loyalty. And the first statute that I want to share with you is that the head of an organization, the head of an organization must first be loyal to his subordinates. The head of an organization must first be loyal to his subordinates, must first be loyal to his subordinates. The head of an organization must first be loyal to his subordinates. And if you will come with me to Psalm 133, Psalm 133. If you have the book, just open it with me and let's, we are sharing from the book. Hallelujah. If you have the book, some of you have e-copies, try and get a copy of the book and read it. We will just after the, after the service, see Sister Nancy and say, you need a copy of the book. And we will make sure that we will get a copy of the book. Hallelujah. So Psalm 133, it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Hallelujah. It says, how good and how pleasant Is it for brethren to not only dwell together, do you see, it is not just good enough that we dwell together. It is not just good enough that as a church, we are always worshiping together. We always have some fellowship together. We break bread together. We come for prayer meetings together. We meet online together and pray. It's not just that. It says it is good when brethren dwell together, but also in unity. Hallelujah. In unity, 
In unity means in agreement, in harmony. Hallelujah. In harmony, in agreement. Amen. He says, he says, it is like the precious ointment upon the head when brethren dwell together in unity, when they are all together in agreement. It is like, this is how the Lord describes it. He says, it's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garment. He says, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, descended, not climbing up, but descended down upon the mountains of Zion, for there, say there, 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 when brethren dwell together in unity, he says, for there, the Lord commanded the blessings, even life forevermore. Hallelujah. Amen. That means that when you are in a company, when you are in a company of a place where the people dwell together in unity, there is life forevermore coming upon you. I see life forevermore coming upon you. I see the plans of Satan to take your life out this year being thwarted and being nullified because you are amongst brethren that dwell together in unity. Hallelujah. So do you see how important it is for brethren to dwell together in unity? It is our own it is to our own benefit when we dwell together in unity. When we dwell together in unity, you see what it means it says it, when unity means agreement. Agreement. So even though there is something that is not good, you see the scriptures you see God's word is his word. Even though there is something that is not good, it looks like Oh, let's lay the carpet this way. And then you say, oh, this way. This person says that way. This person says, let's cut it in pieces and put them this way. It will be nicer. Like that. So when people are coming, they'll walk faster because they'll skip and they want to walk. So you, you have a lot of reasons. And then we say, oh, no, that will not be nice. Let's do it. And then we all agree. We all agree that we put the carpet this way so that it faces the door. So people will walk across and then we take all these chairs from there. You see, it may not look nice. It may not look right. It may not be the right thing. But when we all agree, when we say that we are all agreeing, whether it's nice or it's not nice, whether it is the best direction or not, when we all agree, the Bible says the moment we do that, when we agree and we do this in uniformity and in unity, there the Lord commands blessings. <laughs> Hallelujah. There the Lord commands blessings. Amen. Amen. There the Lord commands blessings. So you realize sometimes, you see that when you find a, a wild animal, you know, you, you find like a lion trying to chase a deer. You see that the deer by itself is not a very strong animal. It can't fight the lion. But when they are together in unity, you see the blessings of the Lord coming upon the deer. The lion is standing there. He can't attack any one of them because they are dwelling together in unity. Hallelujah. It is the same reason why the enemy always seeks to separate husband and wife. Because when they dwell together in unity, it just causes blessings of God to flow. It causes sicknesses not to be amongst them. Because it says, for there, the Lord commands his blessing and even life forevermore. Hallelujah. Even life forevermore. Now the scripture is saying, it says, it is like the precious ointment upon the head. Upon the head. You see, the precious ointment, it is poured upon a head. And it says, it runs down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard. That went down to the skirts of his garment. Hallelujah. See, when you pour oil on a person's head. When you pour oil on a person's head. If you soak the head enough, no matter how your hair is, whether it's like mine, or it's like Salome's hair, or it's like Samuel's hair, I don't know who else, or it's like Tisha's hair, or Abba's hair, whatever hair it is, if you soak it enough with oil, if you soak it and soak it and soak it enough with oil, 
at some point it begins to drip down. Hallelujah. At some point it begins to drip down. And if, for instance, the sleeve is patient enough, if the sleeve doesn't say, ah, I have waited, ah, waiting for the oil a little bit to come upon me, and I've waited, ah, it's not coming. But if the sleeve is patient enough and does not move away, does not decide that I don't feel anything oil pouring on me here now, so I'm moving away. If the sleeve is patient enough to stay and wait, at some point you find the oil now which was upon the head dripping down and getting to the sleeve. It will not be any time that you find the sleeve now also soaked and wet with oil and with anointing and with power. Hallelujah. You see, God has made a church such that there is a head. God will always choose a head and he will anoint that head so much. God will anoint that head so much that you will find out that as the head is being anointed, it begins to drip down. And if you stay under the head and you are fed, you are fed, you are fed, you are fed by the head. You patiently stay and you are fed. And you are, sometimes it is not very good food, but you eat it like that. Sometimes it's not that pleasant, but you are eating. If you continue to stay there and stay there and stay there, at some point you feel the oil that is upon the head dripping down upon you also. Hallelujah. Can I have a loud amen? amen. Wonderful. See, that is why most Lighthouse Chapel International pastors, they preach like the bishop. That is the reason why when you listen to a lot of Lighthouse Chapel, when you listen to the Lighthouse pastors, they preach like the bishop. They do things like the bishop. You see, they say things like the bishop. Hey, what a shock. You see, they do things like the bishop. After you have stayed there and stayed there and be fed for a while, you begin to become like the head. Hallelujah. So the way the head behaves is very, very important. The behavior and the attitude of the head is very, very, very important. The head of every business or system becomes a very, very important personality. Hallelujah. Because when you look at a system, you will see the way the system is based on how the head is. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? When you look at any system, you, you can tell how the system is by just looking at the head. Amen. You see, the reason why African leaders are the kind that they are, the reason why Africa or the Africa, the continent has been the way it is, is defined by the kind of leaders that we have. The leaders of Africa believe in just a few people, a group of people living very well, good health, they have good cars, good food to eat, good houses, good roads that lead to their houses, and good living, and then the rest of the people are suffering. Hallelujah. That is the mentality of African leaders. And that is why Africa is the way it is. Hallelujah. That is why Africa is the way it is. And so sometimes you see that even sometimes that leadership, leadership qualities dripping down even onto the church. It drips down to the churches such that African pastors also start behaving like that. Do you see? African pastors also start behaving like that. But thank God that we have such a leader. I say thank God that we have such a leader. A leader who wants everyone to do well. As a pastor, as a pastor, it's my hard desire that my church members do well. As a pastor, it's my hard desire that every church member will have his or her papers. It is my hard cry. I cry to the Lord that every church member will have his or her papers. Every church member who is going to school will finish school. Every church member who is, who is in a job will be promoted. Every church member who is working and chalote and namdade will also have his car or her car to drive. Every church member whose car is always at the mechanic, I pray that you will not be sending your money at the mechanic. It's my hard desire. 
that God will give you a good car to drive. It's not that the pastor alone should have nice car to drive and everyone else so that when you are coming, we know that you are the pastor. You see, that is not a quality of a good leader. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is not a quality of a good leader. It is required in stewards, in pastors, in leaders. It is required. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. It is required in leaders, in stewards, that a man be found faithful. It is a requirement. God requires that a man be found faithful. He says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Hallelujah. If you are a leader, you ought to be faithful to your subordinates. If you are a leader, you ought to be loyal. Look at the New Living Translation. What does it say? It says, as for me, no, no, New Living Translation, verse 2. It says, now a person who is put in charge as a manager. You see, it doesn't matter what organization you are in. It says, a person who is put in charge as a manager must be faithful. You must be faithful. Hallelujah. If you are not faithful, your subordinates will not prosper. If you are not faithful, your subordinates will not do well. Hallelujah. He says the head of an organization must first be loyal to his subordinates. Amen. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Wonderful. So the second one, the second statute that I want to share with you is that loyalty is the key to expansion. Loyalty is the key to to expansion. Loyalty is a key to expansion. Now, I mean expansion in every area of our lives. Loyalty, if you are going to expand, loyalty is a key. If you are going to have branches, loyalty is a key. Loyalty is a key to expand even a company. You cannot have a company that is expanding and is all over the world if there are no loyal people. Hallelujah. Having a company that expands all over the world does not depend on a large capital. It does not depend on having a large sum of money to begin it. Marion, do you understand? You can begin a company with a large sum of money. You can begin your business with a large sum of money. If you do not have loyal people who are working with you, all the money will drip down to zero. Hallelujah. All the money. And even if you want to expand, there is no way you can expand if you do not have loyal people around you. Millicent, do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If you want to have a company that have different franchises, different branches, different area departments, several places, you're going to need loyal people. Hallelujah. You see, that is one of the reasons why many countries, you can't have branches. When you have a company, there are certain countries, there is no way. So, you see, you see, in that country, every company that you see is just one. One like that. You cannot have one here, one in another city, and one in another town, and so on and so forth. Because the people are not loyal. You can't find loyal people, and your co- company will collapse. Hallelujah. I say your company will collapse. Many pastors have taken over churches because of the lack of loyalty. Hallelujah. As many pastors, they have taken, once I heard a story about the Archbishop, Archbishop Duncan Williams, that he sent 15, he had sent one, two, three, which one, go and try, go and try. Go. 15 different pastors in the action church. 15 different pastors to the United States to begin churches. He Prep this one, buy your ticket, buy everything, find a place where you are going to live, go and do, and then go and start a church. Fifteen, they didn't work. He has sent 22 pastors to the UK, and it didn't work. Hallelujah. Because the pastor will start a church, and will gather people, and people are coming, and people are coming, and people are being blessed, and people are coming, and then at some point, he rises up and says, look, 
All these people are mine. I brought all these people into the church. I witnessed to all these people. I have counseled them. I have, I'm the one who has visited them. I'm the one who has preached to them. They are mine. So I have taken the church. And then they change the name of the church and they take the church. Hallelujah. And they take the church. Amen. Because you say, I have gathered the people together. I am the one that brought them together. I am the one that put them together. But you see, what they don't understand is that they did it, they were able to do it under the banner of action. Under the banner of the action church. Do you understand? They don't understand that their ability, you see, look at Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 11. Oh, let's read Numbers first. Numbers chapter 11 first. Numbers chapter 11. He says, verse 10. Numbers chapter 11 and verse 10. Give me verse 10. He says, and when the people complained, verse 10. Okay. Then Moses heard the people weep throughout their families. Every man in the door of his tent. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. Hallelujah. He says, Moses was also displeased. And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. The next verse, it says, And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? You see, when the church members were complaining, when the church members were murmuring, and they were making so many complaints to the pastor, the Moses went on his knees to pray to the Lord. And then when he met the Lord, he says, Moses said to the Lord, Wherefore have you, he said, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? That means, why do you make your servant suffer like this? Church members, they can make their servant suffer. Hey! Look at the pastor has gone to pray. He says, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight? Didn't you say you chose me? Why didn't you give me favor? Let them gather in their homes talking about me, complaining about me, this and that. They didn't do this. You didn't come to visit me. I am one person. Why, why, why don't you give me favor? That even when they rise up to talk, you shut them off. Or maybe make them dumb or something. At least. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight? That thou layest the burden of all these people upon me. You lay all their burdens upon me. One person. Have I conceived all these people? Did I give pregnant to all these people? Look at the pastor's prayer. He said, did I give pregnant to all these people? Have I become pregnant and give birth to all? He said, have I conceived all these people? Have I begotten them? Did I give birth to them? You see, if you are a father or you are a mother, you give birth to children and they are troubling you, who are you going to complain to? You brought them into the world. But the pastor, he said, he said did I give birth to these ones? That thou shouldest say unto me, carry them in thy bosom. You are telling me to carry them in my bosom. Did I give birth to them? I can, as, a, as a nursing father, bear the suckling child. Unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers. You see, and that is what pastors do. You see, because the Lord knows a place where he's taking the people. But the people don't know. The Lord says, I know the plans that I have towards these people. But the people don't know. So as a pastor, whether they are somewhere, they are angry. Oh, why didn't you come to church? Please come. What have I done to you? Is it my fault? Oh, please forgive me. What have I done? Please come. Are you coming for me? I am doing this, nursing you, carrying you in my bosom, giving you my breast to suck little by little, so that I will take you to the place where the Lord wants you to be. Yeah. Hallelujah. So that I will get you there. So he says, carry them in my bosom as a nursing father, bury the suckling child. Why? Unto the land which thou swearest unto their fathers. 
You are the one that promised them. Why you put me in all this? You say you know the plan that you have for them. Why you put me through this? Why don't you just let us get there quickly? He said, Whence should I have flesh to give unto all these people? That means, where can I have food to give all a whole nation? A whole nation. Where can I find food to give to them? For they weep unto me, saying, give us flesh. Give us meat to eat. You are in the wilderness. When you look around, there's no animal. But they say, give us flesh. That we may eat. Do you see the pastor's cry? Listen. He says, I am not able to bear all these people alone. Say alone. Say alone. Moses, the pastor, he says, I am not able to bear all these people alone because it is too heavy for me. Alone. My breath. It's too much. It's too much. This one didn't come, I will have to call him. That one didn't come, you have to call her. This one that didn't come, you have to call her. This one is too much. <laughs> What a shock. And this one, oh, I have not come for three weeks, so you don't even realize that I have not come. Nobody has called me. It's too much. Lord, why? What have I done? Oh. It's too much. It's too heavy for me. And the ones that come also complain. Complain. Pastor, this one, this one. Pastor, complain. It's too much. The pastor said, it's too much. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, you see, sometimes you are at work and then the phone, the sort they ask you, ah, do you have another business? <laughs> one time, one of the doctors said, said, you are too popular. How many people do you have in this country? <laughs> Hallelujah. You are texting, you are receiving, you are texting. So every time you see my headphone is on my, and then you say, ah, oh, sometimes the nurse is coming to talk to you. Ah, are you on the phone? <laughs> they don't know whether you're on the phone or you are not on the phone. So they come, the headphone, when the phone is on your ear, they don't know whether you're on the phone or, you see, are you on the phone? I say, what, what? Sometimes some of you have called me and you have heard me say, I'm talking to you. <laughs> he says, it's too heavy for me. Then the next scripture. And if thou deal thus with me, then kill me. If that is how you are going, stand up by me there. Don't come me away. Ah! Small church that I'm doing. Then take, kill me. Kill me. Ah! Then take me to heaven. Kill me quickly. And that was his prayer. He says, kill me. I pray thee. I pray thee. Out of, out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight, and let, and that one, he's calling me favor, that the Lord should kill me. Can you see it? Johnson, look, that the Lord should take his life. It says, if I have found favor in your sight, then kill me. He says, if I have found favor, he says, I pray thee out. He says, kill me, I pray thee out of hand, if I have found favor in thy sight. And let me not see my wretchedness. The way they are treating me. Look, I'm getting gray hair. I'm, all my mustache is now getting gray. I was a young man when I came here. Hey! I was a, now wrinkles. I'm, ah! He says, I don't want to see my wretchedness. Because the same people, they laugh at you. Hallelujah! And then, and the Lord said unto Moses, listen to this. After all his complaint, after all the complaint, the Lord said unto Moses, gather unto me 70 men of the elders of Israel. When the Lord is responding to Moses' cry, when he says, it is too much for me alone to bear the burden of the people. He says, gather unto me 70 men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people and officers over them. And bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that I may stand there with them. You just bring them to me. 
Then, and I will come down and I will talk with thee there. And I will take of the spirit which is upon thee and I will put it upon them. I will take your spirit, the anointing which is on you, Moses, and I will put it on them. Why? Why would I do that? He says, why, why? The Lord is telling you why he's going to do that. He says, I will take the spirit which is upon you and will put it upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with thee that thou bear it not thyself alone. (laughs) Hallelujah. That you don't bear it yourself alone. Amen. Amen. It says, I will take the spirit which is upon thee, and I will put it on them, that thou bear it not alone. You do not bear the burden of the people alone. Hallelujah. So you see, you find these pastors rise up, and they build a church, and it's increasing, and it's getting bigger, and it's enlarging. And then they rise up, and they say, it's my church. I have taken it, and I have changed the name. The church now belongs to me. Not knowing, not understanding the scripture, that it was because of the work that Moses has been called to do, that one called for the help. That two, the Lord called for 70 people. That three, he put the spirit that was upon Moses upon these 70 people to do that same work that God has assigned to Moses. It's because of that. They don't understand that. It is for that reason. It is only for that reason. The elders were in Israel. They were getting old. They were even about to die. They were elders in Israel. But when Moses realized that this work is too much for me, when Moses realized that the burden is too much, and he cried unto the Lord, Samson, the Lord said, I have heard the need for help. I realize that I have anointed you, but you need help. Therefore, gather these 70 unto me, and I will take the spirit that is upon you, and I will put on them so that they will be able to bear the burden also with you. Hallelujah. To help Moses do the work that he was called to do. Not for their independent counseling business. Not for them now to gather people on themselves, on their own, and say, you are mine, and I'm counseling you one-on-one, and that you pay me. It's not for their private business, but it's for the same work for which the Lord called Moses to do. Hallelujah. So if the people do not understand it, if the people do not understand the purpose of this new anointing that has come upon them, this new power that has finally come upon them, if they don't understand and they say, now we are leaving Moses' church, we are leaving Moses' ministry, and we are on our own, and we are gathering on our own and do it, what do you think is going to happen to the spirit that came upon them? Because it was meant for a particular work that Moses was called to do. He says to put that spirit so that they shall bear the burden of the people. The people that I have led you to, I have given you to lead. So that they will bear that burden with you. Hallelujah. So the people don't understand and so they take churches. They break away and they have their own churches. That is why... The churches churches don't do well. That is why most of these churches, they collapse. Because you see, when they are under the anointing, when they are doing the work, they don't understand that they have the anointing, they have the power, because they are being assigned this spirit to do a particular work. They are in that ministry, that is why the power is upon them. And that is why sometimes people are here, and they are hearing things, and they are growing spiritually. And they have come top, they have become very well, and you realize that they have developed. They don't understand that God is putting certain spirit upon them, preparing them to start something, preparing them to help do the work. And so, finally, they feel that, ah, even me, I can start my own church. Even me, I can be on my own. Even the pastor, I know more than him. Even this, I don't. You see, because he has taken the spirit that is upon you and he has put upon them to help do the work. To help do the work. Not for you to now go away because now you have enough. 
And that is why most of these people, when they leave, they don't feel the spirit anymore. And that is why the churches collapse. That is why they don't do well. When they are in there, they don't understand that it's based on the scripture. Hallelujah. Amen. See, that is one reason why most American churches, they don't like any of these things. His church and his wife. That's the, it's the pastor and his wife. No, sometimes no assistant. So you see the board, the billboard, you see the pastor and his wife. You see? And if Satan comes in and there's divorce, Photoshop. You cut the wife and put a new one. And then it is there. That's it. No assistant. Now, no assistant pastor and assistant pastor's wife. Uh, me too. I am also. Uh, and then, then, then competition and here and there. No, they don't like those things. They don't like those things. That assistant pastor says this. Uh, the pastor says this. Then the assistant pastor says this. And the pastor's wife says this. And the assistant pastor's wife says Why are you letting them treat you like that? You know, you have been in a church for so long. I think you can be on your own. I think you can do this. You too, you are somebody. Why do they recognize him and they don't recognize you? And so many talking. So they say, hey, look, my, myself and my wife. That's it. But you realize that that will not accomplish the mission of God. You realize that you have one big church in one big city. And if the Lord wants to save the world, one big church in one big city is not going to save the world. Hallelujah. That is why you need to learn and understand messages like this. That is why you need to understand scriptures like this. Hallelujah. So that when you feel the anointing of God is upon you, you know that it is, you are prepared to do some work to help. Hallelujah. You are prepared to do some work to help. Amen. I say if God needs to save the world, he needs many churches. He needs to have many branches. And so we need loyalty in the church. Hallelujah. According to Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14, he says that many are called. Many people. Many pastors have been called. Many shepherds have been called. Because God needs a lot of people. To work. God cannot save the world with one church. And by the grace of God, loyalty is in Lighthouse Chapel International. I say loyalty is in Lighthouse Chapel International. Many people are called. You can do the work. Point to your neighbor and say, you can do the work. Say, you can be a pastor. Turn to a next woman and say, you can be a lady pastor. Turn to the person and say, I see a lady pastor right here. I see a lady pastor right here. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, what the Lord needs, according to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and 1, is all you need is a desire. All you need is a desire. Say so it's a good saying, if a man has a desire for the office of a bishop, if you desire the office of a, of a bishop, you desire a good thing. Hallelujah. All you need is a desire. Something. All you need is a desire and faithfulness. Hallelujah. Faithfulness. Amen. And you see, when you have that and you have a desire and faithfulness, you see, it's not you. It is the Lord's work. And he will take the spirit and he will put upon you and you'll be able to do it. That is why I say all of you can do the work of the Lord. You can do the work of the Lord. You too can do the work of the Lord. You also can do the work of the Lord. You right there, you can also do the work of the Lord. Tina, you can do the work of the Lord. Tanisha, you can. You can become a lady pastor, powerful lady pastor. Amen. Amen. Ellen, you can do the work of the Lord. Hallelujah. Auntie Kate, you can do the work of the Lord. Yes. With your glasses, for Auntie Kate, standing here. And then you say, let us turn our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. I tell you. The people, they will look, they say, ah, but this one, when did she come from? You see, they don't understand that the spirit of the Lord has come upon you to do the work. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for Jesus? Hallelujah. Amen. You see, you would have thought that 
many of these breakaway churches should exist, should survive. If God wants many churches, then they should survive. But you see, loyalty is more important to God than having many churches, having many branches. Faithfulness, it says, it's, it's required. It's required in stewards. It's a requirement if you are a steward. It's a requirement. And so you would have thought that, well, then many of these churches which are broken away, if God wants so many churches to save so many souls, then they should survive. Why do they not survive? And all these breakaway churches do not survive. You know why? Do you know why? Because, because amputation is not better. Giving birth is what is good. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Giving birth is what is good. Amputation. Do you know what is amputation? Amputation is cutting off your leg or cutting off your arm. It is not good. You see, when you amputate the leg, you leave the body disabled. And the amputee, the leg that has been amputated, it will not survive. The amputated leg will not survive. Hallelujah. I said the amputated leg will not survive. Amputation is completely different from giving birth. You will see a part, but it's not giving birth. The church has not given birth. Hallelujah. I said the amputation, it will leave the rest of the body, the rest of the body disabled. And the amputee leg will not survive. The amputee leg will not survive. Hallelujah. On the other hand, on the other hand, it is different when a mother conceives a child. Do you see? A mother will conceive a child, and the mother will nurture the child, nurture the child, feed the child, feed the child, feed the child, until the child matures to a fully functioning human being. The child matures to a fully functioning human being, and it's not amputated from the mother. It is birthed out. Hallelujah. The child is birthed out. David, do you understand? The child is birthed out. And the child that is birthed out is not the same as a part that is amputated. Hallelujah. Churches do not get amputated. We don't amputate a church from a mother church. A mother church should give birth to another church. I say a mother church should give birth to another church. Hallelujah. A mother church ought not just decide today we need another branch and then we cut off and then you are gone. It ought to be giving birth. Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing this afternoon? Mark chapter 4 and verse 30. He says, and he said, whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? So how will you compare the church? Or how will we compare the kingdom of God to something that is here on earth? How, Jesus was wondering, how can I explain the church to you in the kingdom sense? How can I explain the, word, the, 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 the church of God to you in things, simple things that are here on earth? He says, it is like a grain of mustard seed. It's like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, is less than the seed that be in the earth. Do you see? It says, the church, the kingdom of God, is like the grain of mustard seed. It's like the grain of mustard seed. It's very small like that. Very, very tiny. Very, very small. But when you take it, it says, it, it needs to be sown. It says, it is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it says, it needs to be sown. It needs to go down in the ground. But it says, when it is sown, it grows up and becometh greater than all the herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. You see, a lot of times when you take a branch of a tree and you plant it, it dies. You may try, you, the winds, you see, the winds are coming. The strong winds, they are coming. And sometimes you see 
tree that small tree that they put wire to hold it here, another wire to hold it there, another, and the winds uprooted. But you see a small tree that is growing and it has roots and is surviving the wind. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It says that that is how churches are not amputated. Churches, we have to sow it. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. First, it is so small that you have to sow and then it has to grow. Hallelujah. And then it has to grow. Because it, 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 you see, when you, when you have a child, when you have a child, you start off, for instance, when you start another branch and you chop off a whole branch, you chop off a whole branch of a church, you realize that the church dies. But when it, it, it's, it's like a whole, a whole baby, when you take a whole birth out church, a whole birth out baby, you are just, you, 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 you have taken a whole of everything. But when you take a, an, an arm, for instance, you take an arm, it's just the arm that you have taken. You take a leg, it's just the leg. So when the leg is in the branch, when the leg is in the body, it functions very well. It is functioning very well. When the arm is there, it is functioning very well. Maybe you are an arm in the church. Maybe that is all you are. And you are functioning very well. Maybe you you are a prayer warrior. And you realize that the power, the anointing of prayer is upon you. And you pray powerfully. And then you pray powerfully. You lay hands on people and they are getting well. You lay hands on people and you pray. And as you are praying, somebody falls down. And so, when you are in the body, when you are an arm like that, and you're doing prayers like that, and you're doing prayers like that, at some point you feel like, ah, I think I can, <laughs> I'm audacious. I think I can go on my own. But you don't understand that you are an arm only. You are just an arm only. Sometimes you preach very well, and people are blessed. And so, you say, ah. Does that mean that I preach and the people are blessed? I, I think I can be on my own at this time. And so you depart and then you go. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Not knowing that you are functioning well because you are part of a body. You are functioning well and you are staying as an arm and then you soon you realize that you cannot survive just with an arm. You need the ears. You need the eyes. You need the mouth. You need the nose. You need the legs. You need everything to survive. That this life is not all about arms. That church is not all about laying hands. That church is not all about preaching only. Hallelujah. It's about everything. So you realize you cannot survive. And you realize that you are not functioning anymore. Hallelujah. You will discover very soon that you are not functioning. You are not a functioning arm as you are on your own. Hallelujah. You need more than an arm. Tell somebody you need more than an arm. Amen. Now, on the other hand, on the other hand, if you take a baby, for instance, a baby that is birthed out. When you take a baby that is birthed out, you realize that now the baby may weigh just like the size of the arm or the leg. Sometimes even less than the leg. But that same baby, with that same weight, you realize that it has nose. It has eyes, it has two ears, it has arms, not even just one, two arms, and it has legs, and, and fully functioning. It has all these parts that the mother needs to survive. Just that is in smaller versions. Just that is in smaller versions. And the baby is able to survive. Hallelujah. It's in smaller versions, but it has everything that it needs to survive because it is birthed out. It was not amputated. Hallelujah. But if you take, if you take, if you start in a church and you say, it is mine, and then you take 50 people, 20 people, and you take all of them, you say, I, they are all mine, and then I take all of you here. I say, listen, from today, today is the last day. We are not lighthouse anymore. Next week, we are Angel the Light International Church. So, and I'm your pastor. You see, you have taken not a baby. You have not bad baby. You have taken grown-ups babies. You have taken adult babies. It's like giving birth to a baby who has fully mature teeth and has fully grown nails. Baby which has fully matured intestines. Hands and arms that are mature. Legs that are mature. 
Now you are ready to feed the baby. So you say, bring your breast. And then you see the baby's teeth. He said, bring your breast. And then the baby, the baby will bite your breast like this. <clears throat> bite your breast. Listen, listen. Because, because, because babies bite. It's just that they don't have teeth yet. So you can handle the pain. They bite you and then you are singing and you are still giving them milk. They bite you and then they use their gum and they bite you. Ouch! But you are still giving. But when you have taken mature teeth, mature adults to be babies, they bite it off. You start bleeding. They'll bite it off. When you take mature baby, you take mature baby, they have grown nails, nails, nails. You are taking adults to be your baby church, they will scratch you. They'll, you see, babies scratch. Babies, they scratch, but they don't have, they have, their nails are very weak. They scratch. But now you are taking grown-up grown adults for your baby church, they will scratch you. No wonder your church will collapse soon. They will dip into your skin like this. You have taken a grown-up, grown-up, grown-up people with grown intestines. Intestines. Do you know what happens with people's intestines when they are mature? They eat certain food. And they bring out certain things. Now, babies also bring out certain things. They smell, but you can handle it. You know, it's not too bad. You know, you smell, and then you are changing, and you are singing as you are changing a diaper. Now, when you take grown naps, babies for your church, they defecate, and you run away. <laughs> You can't stand it. You will run away. I say you run away. Babies, when they get angry, when they get angry, ah, they throw their hands and they are crying. They cry. Grown-ups, when they are angry, they don't cry. They slap. <laughs> they slap. Babies slap you sometimes, every now and then. As you are changing them, they don't like it and they are slapping. But it's light. You can deal with it. You can sell them. Your baby doesn't slap you every now and then. You can deal with it. You can handle it. But take the grown-up church. You say, I am your pastor now. You are a pastor. They will slap you like that. Hallelujah. Amen. You can't take grown-ups for your baby church. Your baby, you, you, know, you will not last. Try, try changing the diaper of a grown-up female, male. Grown-up male. And I have changed baby's diapers before. They pee, you know, and then sometimes some come in your mouth. And then you take it like, oh! Sometimes you even want to record it and capture the moment. So that when they grow up, you show, my sister, isn't that true? You record it and capture the moment. So when they grow up, you show it. Oh, and then you are changing the diaper. Now try a grown-up. Grown-up, changing the diaper. You will see what will come in your mouth. You will see what will come in your mouth. But when, 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 when is your baby church? It says, it's like a mustard seed that the man take it and it's so. When is your baby church? And you bet it out. It's a baby and you nurse it. Oh, you are throwing your hands, but I'm training you. Oh, you are angry and you are crying. You are slapping me, but it's not light. I can deal with it. I can take it. Oh, you are defecating, but the smell is not too bad. You just breast milk. I can handle it. You are urinating in my face and I can handle it. And also, and then as you are nurturing it and nurturing it and nurturing it, they come to a place where they realize, now they have mature hands, but they realize when I'm angry, I don't slap. They realize when I need to defecate, I don't defecate in front of you. I go somewhere so that you can still contain. When I need to urinate, I don't urinate. You don't need to change my diaper at this time. I don't urinate like that. You can go and defecate somewhere and urinate somewhere and you can contain. That is a church that is yours. That is a church that you can keep. That is a church that you can maintain. When you birth it out as a baby, our time is up. Let us bring the service to a close. Then we'll continue. Next time we meet. Hallelujah. Stand onto your feet. Oh, loyalty. Statues of loyalty. Statues of loyalty.
Oh, Father, help us. It has been the foundation of this church. It has been that which has kept us here when we have understanding of such things. Lord, the enemy sneaks in upon us. Oh, yes. Father, sometimes we are not even aware how we become disloyal. Sometimes we are not even aware that some of our activities speaks of disloyalty. But Lord, have mercy upon us. Show us kindness, Lord. Have mercy upon us that we don't become disloyal in the name of Jesus. As leaders, help us, Lord, to be loyal to our subordinates. Help us to be loyal to our subordinates. If I am a leader of a ministry, help me to be loyal. If you are a leader of any ministry, be loyal to your subordinates. In the name of Jesus. Help us, O God. Help us. Help us, O Lord. Help us, O God. Help us, O Lord. Oh, yes. Help us. You are my daily bread. Oh, yes. Father, if your church is going to expand, we need loyal people. We need the hearts of loyalty. We need a spirit of loyalty in our church. Father, as our leader has been loyal to us, may we remain loyal to him. May we remain loyal to him, oh God. Yes. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Oh, yes. On this special day, on this Founders Day, Father, may we understand that this church was formed on loyalty. This church is based on loyalty. Father, may we remain loyal to this church. Yes, Lord. This is my year, I breathe. Your holy presence. Baby. In me. Says my daily bread, your very word spoken to me. Father, we are thankful in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your word that has come into our lives. Father, help us in whatever place we are, whatever group we are, be it our families, our workplaces, in our church, oh Lord. Help us to be loyal, oh God. As leaders, help us to be loyal to our subordinates. Father, if your church is going to go far, help us to be loyal. We thank you, Lord, for your word that has come to us this afternoon in Jesus' name. If there's anyone here this afternoon, you are not born again. You have not given your life to Christ this afternoon. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. If that is your prayer, you want to give your life to Christ, lift up your hands, lift up your right hand wherever you are, and I will say a short prayer with you. You are here, you want to give your life to Jesus, lift up your right hand wherever you are, 
just where you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll say a prayer with you. Anyone here like that? You want to give your life to Christ? Anyone here like that? Father, we thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for calling us to be partakers of this great and wonderful kingdom and this ministry. We pray, Lord, that your spirit will guide us, Lord. Deliver us from backsliding. May we continue to walk with you until the day of Jesus Christ. We are thankful. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.